4: Mm, 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 mm. Oh, one of the fun things we get to do and say, we're, I'm, I'm working today. We're broadcasting live from the Tire studios. Tire Rack.com, help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. Tire the way Tire Bike should be. Out here live at the Breeders' Cup, final stretch. Tickets uh, are available for horse racing's biggest moment of the year. The world's best are at Santa Anita. Well, Breeders' Cup World Championships today and tomorrow, countdown begins now. Get tickets today at Breeders' Cup. Daka! Daka. Um, well, we get to Thursday Night Football, which was super competitive and somewhat compelling as the Pittsburgh Steelers got a win, or we can get to... Um, Victor Webinyama, but I even think Victor Webinyama covers up the real story of that game, which is not Victor Webinyama, 38 and 10. Holy cow, as good as advertised. I did see uh, Rachel Nichols earlier today said uh, his ceiling is higher than LeBron's. I didn't know that was possible since LeBron James uh, is considered by many people to be among the top two, by many people to be among the top two players of all time. That's um, hyperbole much, I I guess. But the point is that everyone thinks this guy, everybody thought this guy was going to be a star. We just thought it might take a little bit longer. And uh, he just, they they just beat the Suns twice in the Valley. Twice. Uh, To me, the story of that game, though, is not Victor Webinyama. He was awesome. It's not that the Suns got swept by the Spurs, especially the first game when they're up 20. It's that the spur the, the, the Suns, and this is, granted, we're in November. They'll work through some things. They still We still haven't debuted their big three as Brad Beal's yet to play this year. They did have Devin Booker last night, and he was outstanding in their comeback. They end up tying it up in the fourth quarter before kind of getting boat raised losing by, I think it was nine. But the bigger point is, man, the Suns can't guard anybody, right? Can't guard, can't, couldn't, couldn't stop a nosebleed. That's the bigger question. And I think one of the questions leading into the Bucs this season, as you know, Dan Byer, really well is, hey, the Bucks have been built around defense. And, yeah, it let them down against Jimmy Butler. But the uh, the Bucks are a much more offensive-minded team. What happens yeah. when they get to the playoffs this year?
0: Yeah, and the Bucks' defense has stunk as well uh, to start the season. I would just throw caution to the wind and say, where where are we at right now? What team is truly locking down on defense? Um, not that these teams don't have deficiencies, but we're talking about guys missing games, other teams having team meetings, all of that stuff, and just because the defense coming out of the gate is not on point, I'm not I'm not too worried. Here we are on November third, when the when the season started a week and a half ago.
4: Yeah, that's fair. I think that, that, that's completely and totally fair. Completely and totally fair. Um, okay, and then we got Thursday Night Football. And that other voice you hear is that of Dan Byer, of course, uh, joining me all day long. The Breeders' Cup taking place. Uh, well, we don't have the Breeders' Cup races just yet. Only the first race is in the books. I, I have to tell you, like, there's, this is one of those days where if you're not from the area and you roll into Southern California and you're like, what's the big deal? You got traffic. You got smog. You got homeless people. You got high taxes. You got this polar thing where, you know, one county's far left, one county's far right, can't figure out what to do. And then you go, why the people? And then they walk outside at Santa Anita and they go, oh, oh <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm never leaving this place. It's, this is a Rose Bowl type of day, right? Rose Bowl, by the way, is only about mm, yeah. Probably a 10-minute drive, maybe. 10-minute drive where you go across the 210 um, into a ravine, and uh, that's where you get the Rose Bowl. And so maybe that's part of it, but it is an amazing day.
0: And the San Gabriels that are so much a part of the Rose Bowl when the sun sets in the third quarter and during the fourth quarter are the same mountains that you will see here in the various shots at Santa Anita. So that is uh, something to be familiar with. If, if you aren't with race uh, horse racing, but you are a college football fan, or always tune into the Rose Bowl. Same mountains, just different times of day.
4: Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a very 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 good call. Uh, John Ramos, has John Ramos is opening up his first Pepsi of man. the day. Well, he, it is. You know, with that sound, that could have been a beer. All right, we got a race going. All right, come on, number nine. Let's do it. Number nine. You're, oh, you're number nine.
0: Yeah. Who is your didn't ticket? You say say nine? The, didn't you say? did
4: you say number I nine? I said the five, the seven, the nine in the box. Okay. Okay, five, seven, and nine in the box. And right. I, I I don't profess to be any sort of handicapper. I tell people all the time, and we'll talk about in the pod that uh, I basically have two or three guys that are handicappers, mm-hmm. and they send me their picks, and then I go with who I'm feeling like has the best info, just kind of on feel. What do you do? Do you do, do you do you look at the numbers? Do you know what what a uh, race form I, looks like? I have you- no I have
0: no ties whatsoever. <laughs> I just heard you say five seven nine in the box. So I went up to the window and said, give me number nine. win play, The show. nine is
4: fly a fantasy. Yes. Fly is, a fantasy. Which is a fantasy
0: of mine to win this race that is going on right now. Come on, number nine. All right, we're in fifth right now, I believe. Here's what
4: I appreciate Come about on. John. Come on. Okay. Uh, just, John, basically, who's in the just lead? Just get third. Um, I think number five's in the lead. Okay. Is the seven and the nine? Are they going to win play show? Oh,
0: uh, jeez. Number nine is not. Number nine has fallen back that's not good no it, it is not but, but I think your five went pretty well I can't see my
4: eyes aren't that good on that screen but it is just out our window here uh, the five is Marinda one of the favorites I think, okay. one of the favorites to win and uh, Marinda has only run in one race this year and won it so wins it's two and0 oh, uh, right now kind of like the, the Eagles were last year actually Eagles even this year running out to a a few so so what do we got what's what is in the exacta box? I have not seen it
0: just uh, as of yet. Okay, seven four five. There, There it is.
5: So this, this race is called the Golden State Juvenile Fillies. Yes. I'm assuming they spent some time in
4: prison before they were uh, 18? Uh, it's for Golden State eligible California bred or California sired fillies that are only two-year-olds. Okay? That's it. That's, that's basically what it comes down to. Two-year-olds, which means yeah. whoever wins. And did you say the 7-1 or I thought the 5-1?
0: The, the seven, seven was the co-favorite, Grand yep. Slam Smile. Petit Filet took four, second, and uh, Mirinda took third.
4: Okay. That's what we have here. So Grand Slam Smile, uh, that's the seven, the seven, the four, the five. Is that what we have? Yep,
0: that's what we have. Okay, okay. so
4: what, what it means is when you have a two-year-old filly, granted all California bread, now California Smile, you start to go like, oh, could that be a derby horse? Because the two-year-old, which means the three-year-old, that was seven furlongs. How long is a furlong? Anybody? Is we, it a quarter mile? I don't know. You, you tell me. Seven furlongs. <laughs> no, I don't believe it's a quarter <laughs> I mile. you knew the answer. I didn't a oh, well, legitimate
0: mean, question. It's like uh, the Saturday Night Live skit, right?
4: Well, it's, it's a little bit like who's on first. I don't know. Second base. <laughs> <laughs> How long is a the furlong? Uh, Anybody? Sure. Eight furlongs make a mile, it says. Eight okay, furlongs make so okay. like a mile? So it's one-eighth of a mile. It's 220 yards. 220 yards. So eight 8 furlongs make a make a mile. So it's 7 furlongs. So they went 7 furlongs and however long this 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 race went, whatever the time is. Let's move it. And those are only 2-year-olds. So these are their first major events and they're still trying to figure out these horses and who got a clean trip and who did not. Uh, that there, one's on the dirt. There's uh, on the a, turf.
0: There, there is here's a perfect this is this is the the interesting thing about it. You gave me 3 horses, you mentioned 3 horses I didn't understand completely the lingo, so I apologize. And I'm not trying to sound stupid. I don't completely understand. But what you did was you had, okay, five, seven, and nine. Five and seven were in that win placer show top three. If I would have just taken one of those, but instead I took the long shot on nine trying to win big. But
4: so your information well, that's where was, the money is pretty good. Yeah, it is. The money's in the long shot?
5: Yes. So my system, you know, everyone's got a system. Um, I'm gonna show if I showed up right now and I looked up at the uh, at the odds and I wanted to get money down right now, I'd throw out the favorite and bet the next three favorites in an exacta box. That's my system. Throw out the favorite, the next three favorites in an exacta box. I should make some money on that bet.
4: Um, okay, that's an interesting philosophy. I like that John just went. He basically went Dodger Stadium on us right here uh, on the show, where he went Pepsi and a hot dog, which is not a Dodger dog, but a Dodger dog is in fact just a normal hot dog.
5: My man, is that is that a hot dog on
0: the table there? Relish, relish, and mustard.
4: Is that what I I noticed? Relish and mustard. We
0: are we are not even two years removed from uh, being admonished from from, from Super Bowl game for for. for lunch gate at Super Bowl 56. Okay, let me, and on let, me, John's let, me last day, let me let what me set this. What are they going to do? Fire was littered with Pepsi, man,
4: hot dogs man. and relish. So for and people who don't know Dinosaur the, Sippy Cup. So for people who don't know the imitation, our big boss is a gentleman named Don Martin. And Don is a big old barrel-chested, sometimes he wears cowboy boots, walks in and and every sentence becomes with goes with "My man." And uh, he has he has a big voice and personality. And a year, and almost two years ago, at the Super Bowl in downtown Los Angeles, right, at the convention center, we yeah. have a beautiful
5: set. Keep this in mind. John does not go on the road much. John has been back in the studio all these years, and every once in a while he goes out to a remote in Los Angeles where his Rams are playing in the Super Bowl. This was a big deal for him to get out of the studio. Well, that this wasn't John's fault. This was actually my fault. Oh, no, no, it definitely was your fault. I'm yeah. just trying to set the scene for how <laughs> oh, John was. Oh, okay, I'll
0: tell you okay, whose okay. fault it wasn't, the what? guy who didn't have lunch that day. That yeah, was you. Yeah, that would be me.
4: <laughs> so, so, and how it works at the Super Bowl is we get there at, you know, locally our show was at the time 12 to 3, but you get there about 9, 9.30 because they send people up to tape with you or whatever, and you walk in, and by the time you get to about noon, if you've been, and I live, an hour at least away. And, you know, with the traffic there, it was like an hour and a half. So, you know, your day starts at eight. You have your coffee and your morning breakfast or whatever. By the time you get to noon, like, you are hungry. So there was a yard house, of course, right next to LA Live or there was some, I think it was yard house that day. And, you know, like, look, I had to blow the dust off the wallet. People know I'm, I'm not, exa- I'm, I'm more on the frugal side anyway. But I thought, everybody's been here. I'm just going to buy lunch for people. That was my altruism. That's like the best I can do. And, uh, lunch was purchased. It, everybody had theirs except for Dan Beyer. Dan's Doug, trying Doug,
5: to do. Th- Doug bought it. Did you mention that? You, you yeah. Covered. I did. yeah I you did. were nice and, enough.
4: Right. And Dan's trying to do the right thing and go in like up two flights of stairs in order just to get a water refill. And <laughs> I remember Dan's like, I got to get water, but I got to go out of here and up two flights of stairs or whatever. So while we have no. We, we're on tape, which we call it tape, even though it's not actually tape, we get it. Um, and, and John Ramos was there, and we're having a nice little spread on top of this beautiful set. Uh, we were accosted by our boss for uh, being um, a Well, bit we messy. would be three of us, but not you, Doug.
0: You were you <laughs> not there. For some reason, no, we I was caught the flack.
4: Right, because what yeah. happened was I went behind the, the set or something and ate as fast as Le- I could. Sure. ate Le- as fast as I could. Leaving your soup
0: behind on I the desk. I did
4: leave my soup behind. There was no soup for me. <laughs> it was. It
0: was just left on stage for evidence. And for these us poor to be guys framed. get yelled
4: at. And, but then it was, and, and then it was like, who ordered this food? And I knew they weren't happy with me, so I just avoided him the whole rest of the week. <laughs> That's what happened. I, just, I, I, just I love. The oh man, what party are you going to tonight? Like, I don't know where are you going. I'll be at a different one because I don't want to get yelled at for, for mm. having all that food up on the table. My favorite part was the the runner who got us the $1, lunch. Dollars? Th-
5: huh. The runner who went and got you yes. know a great employee of iHeart Media. Um, when I went back to them the next day to see if they could do a runner for a lunch again, they're like, "No, you guys are on your own." I think the ripple effect of the boss seeing the trash on the stage was also felt by all. Yeah, we aren't running a Doordash.
0: You know, people have other duties to do. <laughs> That's true. So actual yes, professionals yes. sales meetings actual work. And what, by the way, is A super hectic week. So, but hey, I digress. I hope the hot dog was good, John. Was It good? delicious. Delicious is the word in from John Ramos.
4: Uh, Also, there was a going away party for John Ramos yesterday where I've, I I don't, how could we even have a roast for John Ramos? He's probably the only unroastable human being I know. (laughs) Everybody else has flaws. There were none exposed. Um, It would be boring. It would, be, no. it would be very, very boring. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Also got to talk about Victor Webinyama. I just, uh, this is Kevin Durant, who um, is arguably or inarguably the greatest scorer of this generation, these last 15 years in the NBA, and just in terms of pure score. Here's KD on Wemby last night.
6: Yeah, I don't see anybody else in this game. I know he's. And we both we both skinny, and I'm sure he said he watched me growing up. But he's a he's his own player. I don't think he. Uh, I'm sure he watched so many great players in the league and try to emulate just about everybody. You could tell, in um, his uh his enthusiasm for the game. You know, you could tell that through the TV and playing against him. So he's his own pl- player person. He's gonna create his own lane. He's much different than anybody who's ever played. And um, you can try to compare, but he's going to carve out his own lane.
4: Yeah, he wanted no part of the uh, the, the comp thing. J D wanted no part of it. I, I just, the more you watch Wemby, the more you get impressed by him. And then the more you think, that guy looks exactly like one of my son's created players on 2K. You know, it's like what if we created a really, really good six foot six, six foot seven player? Only we stretched him to seven foot six. That's what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, the shot of him and Durant on the box was crazy. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Durant usually seen a seven feet tall, just bigger, taller, longer, and he's looking up at Victor Yama. The show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection, just one place. Bundle and save, Progressive.com. Coming up next, live on the Doug Gottlieb Show from the tyrack.com studios, Mark Dominic joins us. We'll give us, get his thoughts on the changes made in Vegas with the Raiders, on if the Titans made the right call with Will Levis, and did the Steelers figure out their offensive woes last night? Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 5 Eastern, 122 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxsportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
2: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals.
3: to start listening.
4: Uh, Doug Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Mark Dominic joins us, of course, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, Mark, let, let's start with the news of the week. The Raiders clean house after a Monday night loss. Gone is the general manager, Dave Ziegler. Gone is the head coach, Josh McDaniels. Gone is the offensive coordinator. Um, what did you think of the move?
6: Well, I mean, the game was very frustrating to watch this as a football fan, regardless if you were a Raiders fan or not. It was a very, um, it looked like a game where Jimmy Garoppolo certainly did not feel comfortable, did not feel protected in the pocket, took too many sacks, too many hits. I was surprised. I thought that they might last a couple more weeks to kind of see where they end up and where they are as an organization. But I have a feeling Mark Davis is probably looking at the quarterback position going, we traded away Carr and I think we're worse. And, and I think that's the big piece.
4: Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I said. It's like, look, you can screw up all the other stuff, but when you screw up the quarterback, yep. um, that that's what gets you fired, and maybe a little bit sooner than 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 people thought. Um, you're hearing lots of chatter that you know Antonio Pierce is going to energize them. We saw Rich Passaccia, uh really energize them a couple years ago after Gruden was let go, but it, it's kind of a clunky roster. What do you think of their prospects heading forward?
6: Yeah, I mean, Aiden O'Connell is going to be the starter. That's the rookie they drafted, obviously, out of Purdue. He's going to be able to jump in there and be the starter. But they get to play the Giants. I know it sounds like something we wouldn't have expected to say it this way based off of last year's Giants, but the Raiders might have some energy. I've I worked with Antonio Pierce for years at ESPN. He certainly has a lot of that juice you're talking about. Um, will he make the right game-time decisions and those kind of things? It'll be interesting. He's been, obviously, more of a coach than what Jeff Saturday had been uh, with his uh, college of career. But I, I, I see it as, uh, I think the Raiders can go out and win this game. And I think it's not just going to be because there's a needed boost. I think there's a belief in that locker room that everybody wanted a little bit of change. And now they've got it. And I think that that you know, motivates players to play at a different level. And I think the Raiders have the skill set around the quarterback to be able to make enough plays to beat the Giants.
4: Stud Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um Mark Dominic is, uh, is our guest. All right, let's 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 get to last night. Uh, what are your thoughts now that we've seen Will Levis start twice at quarterback for the Titans?
6: I still thought Will played okay. I mean, it wasn't his, anything like his first performance, and obviously his first performance was stellar. But it was where, you know, a lot of times when I look at Doug, when you're watching a young quarterback uh, in a tight game like this, they still let him throw the ball 39 times. That tells me they have a lot of confidence in his ability to process – read defenses, make decisions, and I know he had the interception, but I just it tells you a lot about it because a lot of times, if you remember Malik Willis, the same situation of a year ago, he thrown the ball 12 times, maybe 15 times in a game. Last night they threw it 39 times in a tight ball game. And so I, that, I would think, as a Titans fan, if you are one, would give you confidence The coaches feel like he can handle more. And if you continue to do that, I think you'll see more and more accomplishment. But I think it's the Will Levis show I know they're talking about Tannehill coming back when he gets healthy. We'll see what Mike Vrabel does. To me, you've got to figure out this position, and you've got to decide if Will Levis is the quarterback of 2024, 25, not is Tannehill still the guy. So I think you stick with the young rookie, and you find out through the rest of the season if you're looking in the draft or if you're moving forward with Will Levis as your franchise.
4: What about, um, what about the Pittsburgh Steelers? They've obviously had a ton of offensive woes. Is what you saw last night, uh, think anything
6: has changed? No, I mean, I, I, you know, I know that uh, it's it's a team that Kenny Pickett, I think, when you look at the quarterback, we talked about this in the preseason, I said, I think Kenny Pickett's a guy that can win you games, I just don't if he can win you championships, and I feel like that's what it is. I, I, I know that their running game isn't really coming together the way they want, I know that you've talked about Najee Harris and your feelings on him, and I think they're coming to fruition, uh, but I think, all in all, I think this team just is a good football team with a good defense, but not a a uh, team that I think has got a chance to make a long run to the postseason, even though they're sitting here today with another winning record under Coach Tomlin.
4: Mark Dominic's our guest here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Trade deadline gave us the Washington Commanders uh, shedding two talented defensive linemen, but two potential free agents they obviously didn't want to pony up to keep. Um, who do you think did the best around the trade deadline?
6: Yeah, I think two teams. I, I do think, uh, you know, San Francisco giving up a third I think it's good value for San Francisco. It it obviously looks like a a pick that's going to be at the end of the third round somewhere. Now you're talking about the 90th pick in the possible draft. For a guy that has been able to stay on the field and stay healthy and can make plays, I think a two, you know, I think for the Bears and and Montez Sweat, I think they're looking at that long-term extension, and I would expect the deal to probably come to fruition before free agency hits just because you don't give up a two if you're the Bears situation, knowing you could lose the guy. That doesn't make sense to me. And also with Chase Young, you know, if for some reason he doesn't stay in San Francisco going forward, he becomes a free agent and then there's a compensatory pick you may re- receive. So I like it for that reason. I also like Arizona. I think moving, you know, trading for Josh Jobs was a little bit of a surprise when they got him. I think being able to trade him away, because I know, we all know that Arizona's kind of about the 2024 draft. So to be able to recoup a pick for Josh Jobs at the same time while Kyler Murray's working himself back, I thought that was a good move by Monty Austin for their general manager. Um,
4: what is your sense of what's going to happen with the Patriots in the upcoming offseason?
6: So they've certainly been competitive. Uh, you know, and I, and There's been the reports that Belichick has got his deal. I think the Patriots are back in the drawing board at quarterback. Uh, I think they're going to probably relook at that position and kind of make a sense of like, uh, you know, where they could be end up picking. Uh, it could certainly put them in a spot to be able to grab a quarterback. So I think, as Belichick always does homework on quarterbacks, I think this year will be even more specific. And, and I think... This is a team that also, as we've talked about, it's got to find better skilled players, and it's got to be more aggressive at the wide receiver position. And it could be there, too. It could be that they go wide receiver, then quarterback. It depends on how Mac Jones plays. If Mac Jones stays in kind of that that malaise kind of a look of a a player, and and Bailey Zappi, if he gets more opportunity, kind of jumps into his role, but it is still the same. I I just think that they'll, they'll lean at quarterback. If they continue to kind of look like they do, and, and you're saying, "Hey, look, they're competitive," and we just got it's because we don't have the right skill set around our guys. Well, then I'd sit there and say Mac Jones might get one more year, uh, but my gut instinct is it's, it's Max going to have to play better than what his you know it's not his completion percentage; it's the touchdowns that just aren't coming for him.
4: Do, do the Kansas City Chiefs have enough weaponry? And and I bring this up because they went out and traded for Michael Hardman, um, and this is after a stinker. And granted, like Mahomes is sick, you know everybody has a stinker. But they've kind of been flirting with this all year. Now they go over to Germany. They're going to take on Miami. I just there's a lot of questions about whether or not they actually have the offensive weaponry to go along with Mahomes to win like they've the level that they've won at previously. What
6: do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like they're probably at a good spot. I think Rice is coming in the the second round pick out of SMU, the wide receiver seems to be gaining steam in the offense, and that's kind of what they needed as well as obviously Harp bringing that vertical push that they want to continue to have on this on this offense as well so that they can take Kelsey and work them down the middle, and you've got to be careful with that safety. So I think on that spot, I think they're in pretty good shape. I, again, I, I still felt like Kansas City should have added some type of a, a bigger back uh, either at the trade deadline or in the draft or something like that where when they need to finish out a, a four-minute drive, and they can just hand it to a running back and he'll rush it three times for hopefully 10 or 11 yards. That's going to be the only thing I wonder if they have that piece of the puzzle when it gets to postseason stuff.
4: Mark Dominic joins us. Of course, 20-plus uh, years in NFL front offices and scouting, the general manager at one time for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Bryce Young's caught a lot of heat. Uh, he's looked very small, but he did go and get a win against the Houston Texans last week. Um, is there any change to the narrative that uh, the Panthers picked the wrong guy?
6: No, I think what we uh, see with Bryce Young, to your uh, thoughts, are that we've got to see a compound to start to grow, right? There'll be building blocks where he feels more and more comfortable about what he's doing on the football field and how he's doing it. And then we see that progression, that growth in him, now that we're almost to the halfway point of the season. You know, he'll go, with they, obviously they play you know Gardner Minshew and the Colts to come back and play the Bears. So it's a couple teams where you'd like to think that, you know, this is a chance for Bryce Young to kind of stack some wins after the bye to be able to put it back-to-back. But the thing that we want to see out of this Carolina Panthers offense is just more offense, right? They've only scored uh, over 20, what is it, 27 points one time all season. Um, so they've got to put more points on the board or They're going to struggle, struggle. So that's where Bryce Young has to be able to trust his guys around him and watch him take chances with the ball. We saw that with Will Levis week one when he got the start. Like He was willing to say, hey, look, these guys are going to go make plays. I'm going to put the ball out there and see if they can do it. Bryce has got to trust that instead of thinking about the check down and doing the right thing. I want to see him be more aggressive with that football.
4: We, we talked a little bit about the Niners and what they've added to their defense. Brock Purdy struggled with interceptions recently. Uh, where are you on Bryce? Uh, excuse me, Brock, Brock Purdy and whether or not Brock is good enough to win them a Super Bowl?
6: Yeah, I think he's good enough to win them a Super Bowl. I, I'm going to bet on what I've seen for 10 games, not the last two or three, you know. And it's. I think the, the bye week came at the right time for them in terms of just, like, licking wounds, getting guys healthy, bringing in Chase Young, and saying to go, showing the locker room, hey, look, we're in this to win this this year. And I think that'll be something good for Brock Purdy and, and just to get himself, you know, again, this week off. is it's, For a football player, when you're on your bye week, it's really great for your body because your body's hurting all the way. and You know it's going to hurt the rest of the way, but when you get the extra three, four, five days of rest off your body, it's a big deal, and so I really want to see in a big matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars when they come out next week how they play. But I, I still believe Brock Purdy can win you to the bowl.
4: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm interested to see. I mean, yeah, obviously he had the concussion, then he you know knocked his head around again. You like you said the, the week off. I still wonder. If things go bad, if the better option isn't sitting behind him in Darnold, I I'm, part of this is I'm like one of the last remaining stockholders in Sam Darnold LLC, right? I just, or Sam Darnold Inc. I just, uh, you know. Um, Cowboys punished the Rams. Was that more about the Cowboys and changes, or more about the Rams?
6: I think it was more about the Cowboys, uh, kind of living to the expectations I've had on them for the beginning of the season, uh, to go, you know, go out there and say, hey, look, we can do this. And, again, the Cowboys get a, an amazing test this week with the Philadelphia Eagles, which is going to be a, kind of a must-see game in the afternoon uh, this weekend. So I think this is the Cowboy team, I, again, that started the season pummeling the Jets, beat the Gi- Giants, that kind of team. Uh, so I'm expecting this to kind of continue to grow. And I think it's just like one of those ones where you go back and you watch the film on Monday and yet you still see mistakes things that you could have done better, knowing that you're not where you need to be. But I think that they were, uh, again, coming out of a bye week, and being ready to play was big deal, and I think the health starting to feel like it's coming together. As, even though you know they're going to still be out with a couple of defensive players that they're really probably not going to be able to replace this year.
4: Mark, awesome stuff, man! Have yourself a great, enjoy enjoyable uh, sports weekend. Thanks for being our guest as always on Fox Sports Radio.
6: Thanks, Doug, for having me on. Buddy,
4: have a good day. Uh, you're the best, Mark Dominic. Joined us, making us uh, more smarter as they as as they say. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live. Every weekday from 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
3: Hey, we're Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio every day 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, but here's the thing. We never have enough time to get to everything we want to get to. And that's why we have a brand new podcast called Overpromised. You see we're having so much fun in our 2-hour show, we never get to everything. Uncensored, by the way, so maybe we'll go at it even a little harder. It's going to be the best after show podcast of all time. There you go. Overpromising. And remember, you could see it on YouTube, but definitely join us. Listen to Overpromised with Cavino and Rich on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
3: to start listening
2: you want winners well we got them. five
4: NFL five college five on three one two three Fire! it's five for five with Doug Godley
3: let's go five
4: all right five college five pro uh last week another three and two week we continue to hit out at over 60 percent on the year on the year um UCLA takes on Arizona. The Bruins fresh off a dominating win over Colorado. who Did you guys see Colorado demoted Sean Lewis, their, uh, their play caller? And instead it's uh, Pat Shermer, the former NFL head coach, who's going to take over play calling duties. That's curious to say the least. Anyway, Arizona's won two in a row. Previous to that, they lost to SC in, in three overtimes. They lost to Washington. who's one of the top teams in the country by just, uh, what was it, seven on the road. Bruins come in again. We talked about that winner. I like Arizona as a home dog. Give me Zona. Uh, I'm showing three. I like three. If you can get three and a half, even better. But Arizona as a home dog, I don't like. I love. I love it a lot.
6: Um,
4: we mentioned Oregon State and Colorado. Hey, uh, why do you change play colors when you're when your quarterback who struggled last weekend? When your quarterback, though, has starred for most of the season, well, their offensive line play has been bad, and the quarterback's getting hit a lot. So the idea is probably Pat Sherman comes in and runs the football. I don't think that works out well for Colorado. And it's a completely different style and scheme, and it's really hard to change up on the fly. Oregon State's a 13.5-point favorite at Colorado. I like the Beavers. I really do. I know 13 and a half on the road seems like a lot, and this is a Beaver team that has not been as good on the road as they have been at home. They're two losses on the year to Wazoo, who's just okay to Arizona by three. They do have home wins over UCLA, uh, over Utah as well. Defense pretty good. You know the one I really like is probably the under in this one, but I'll I'll, I'll take Oregon State. I'll take that big number. I just think Colorado is floundering now, and uh, as as they have run out of some of that juice that they were running on. Earlier in the year, LSU taking on Alabama. Crimson Tide have bounced back quite nicely since losing at home to Texas, uh, winners of six in a row. And they take on the Fighting Tigers at home after a week off. LSU, on the other hand, two losses on the year. Remember, uh, both those losses were away from home the first game against Florida State. And then they lost to Ole Miss Wild Affair, but lost 55 49. Um, they put together three wins in a row, including beating Missouri on the road. But struggles are more on um, struggles are more at, on the road than at home. I like Alabama to win. Bama to cover. It's like one of those. I don't think they're great, but they just that's a program and a culture that they find a way to win. Uh, Washington's taking on USC. You know, we were disappointed with USC against some of the teams that were ranked below them. This is a team that's ranked higher than. them. Washington comes in as a three-point favorite. I like the Huskies. There's nothing USC has shown me defensively that tells me they're going to be able to stop Washington. And offensively, they throw it pretty well, but uh, Caleb Williams, a lot of hero ball, and they seem to be unable to run the football. So uh, I'm going to take Washington, that one, and then the big one, Bedlam, in Boone Pickens Stadium. Uh, That one's at... 3.30 3.30 Eastern time. Cowboys are seven point, six six-point dog at home. Oklahoma's dominated this series, but they did lose in Stillwater last time around. I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover this one. Six points. Cowboys' hottest team in the Big 12 right now, not named Kansas State. Uh, I like Oklahoma State to cover this six-point spread. So you have uh, Washington, Bama, OSU, Oregon State, And Arizona, mostly home teams, although Washington and Oregon State on the road. Let's get to the pro picks in the National Football League. Kansas City's a two-point favorite against Miami. Uh, I just think Miami's got too much speed, and Kansas City's still struggling offensively. I know you're playing overseas, so it's really hard to get a tell for is it going to be a fast surface. But Miami plus two, like the Dolphins here. I just do. I like the Dolphins as as, as dogs as uh, Kansas City loses a traditional home game. Um, Rams are taking on Green Bay. Packers trade away their safety. Obviously, without David Bakhtiari, they haven't been beating anybody. Rams just got shellacked by the Cowboys. I think it's a bounce-back game for Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay as a three-point favorite at home, giving the Packers to win, get a much-needed win. New England's taking on Washington and couldn't get any better for Uh, Mac Jones. Where you take away the two best pass rushers off the Washington football team, Um, I like New England to win and to cover. New England's a three-point favorite. The Raiders are taking on the Giants. I think you get a you get a bump from the coaching change, Antonio Pierce. I don't think it lasts long term, but I do think they beat um, the New York Giants and they're a point and a half favorite. That game is on Sunday, and then the big game of the weekend, Dallas. Taking on Philadelphia, I think it's a big game. I know you got Buffalo, Cincinnati as well. Dallas taking on Philadelphia. Uh, I think Dallas wins the game. Wow. I think Dallas wins the game. Dallas straight up. Okay, straight up. Dallas wins the game. Jalen Hurts hasn't been right with the knee. Uh, Jalen Carter's going to miss this game. They still have some other injuries with Philadelphia. And Philadelphia's still not clicking. Cowboys, it doesn't mean they'll win them, They'll beat, win this game in the second season. But this season, I like the Cowboys. Getting three in Philly. So we have two dogs, Miami and Dallas. We have three favorites all at home in the Raiders, the Packers, and the Patriots. Those are the picks. Five on
2: three. One, two, three. Five. There it is. Five NFL. Let's go five. Five college.
4: Five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Boom. Mm. Um, I did, I did want to ask you, uh, Dan Beyer, do you have a pick in the Breeders' Cup Classic?
0: Doug I do are we ready to do this now or did are we we do okay yeah all right because I've gone over my information and I'm mm. glad that I'm up first because I didn't want anybody to uh, I want to make sure I gave you the to steal field. my to steal my pick there are a couple of horses uh, that are considered the favorites I'm going just slightly deeper not skinning uh, off the top skimming off the top but I'm going to take right now Ushpa to Soro. To win the Breeders' Cup Classic, a six-year-old uh, won the Dubai World Cup, undefeated this year. Uh, yes, Ushba Tesoro from Japan, one of your one of your favorites in the Breeders' Cup Classic on Sunday. It's my pick to win the Breeders' Cup. Or excuse me, Saturday. My pick to win the Breeders' Cup Classic coming up um, on Saturday uh, afternoon.
4: Okay, I'm I'm interested in that. I'm very interested in that one. Uh, has a I don't know this. I don't know if a if a uh, if a Japanese horse has ever won the Beers' Cup Classic.
0: 4 to 1 right now are the odds for Ushba Tesoro to win. 6 years old. Yeah.
4: Well, remember Six the Breeders' Cup Classic is that that's just the, the yeah. right that's just the best, the eight, of, the best of the best of the best. Right? So it doesn't actually the, these are some of the most accomplished horses in the world. This is that's it's it, the world championship. Yeah,
0: one of the, one of the, it's one of the three favorites right now not the favorite. But yes, Ushba Tesoro, Arabian Night, trained by Bob Baffert, the favorite Arabian right now, three one. Night. But for the classic on Saturday, give me Ushba Tesoro, four to one.
4: Okay, I am going to take uh, um, White Abario. Okay, which is a Kentucky-born horse. Um, I'm I'm a big big fan of White Abario. I think White Abario is going to uh, uh, is going to win. It's a colt. Okay, so that means he's still got his uh, kibbles and his bits there, right? That's, that's a good thing for the, the, the colt for what, if he g- goes to stud. Of course, he's won the Florida Derby, the Whitney Stakes, the Holy Bull Stakes as well. The Whitney Stakes were this year. Holy Bull and Florida Derby were both uh, last year as well. Born in 2019, so this is a four-year-old horse, a little bit younger than yours. Six, one, and three. Okay, is uh, in 14 starts. Well, he won six of them. Uh, White Abario is my... Pick. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. we in the final stretch of to get tickets for horse racing's biggest moment of the year. The world's best are headed to Santa Anita for the World for the Breeders' Cup World Championships today. And tomorrow, the countdown begins now. Get tickets today at breederscup.com. Breederscup.com.
1: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A podcast... podcast.